0: We are beginning a new series today called Life Hacks, and maybe that's a new term for you. Wikipedia says, life hack or life hacking refers to any trick, shortcut, skill, or novelty method that increases productivity and efficiency in all walks of life. And while you may be unfamiliar with the term, I'm sure you know the concept because it's not new. It's been around for several years. I mean, you probably learned some life hacks that you don't realize. When you were in school, did anyone else learn this little verse, I before E, except after C, or when sounding like A, as a neighbor or way? That is a spelling life hack. And if you have tied some bright ribbon to your suitcase so that you will recognize it when it comes out of baggage claim, it is a life hack. And just for fun, I want to demonstrate a few this week, and uh, I'll do that each week of it. And so uh, one of the things, if you have an iPhone like I do, you might have a lot of music on yours. I don't have a lot of music on mine, but I do listen to books and to messages and so forth. And so if you have one like mine, you know sometimes you're trying to listen to something and do other things moving around, and sometimes that speaker just isn't loud enough. Well, a life hack would be to take a regular toilet paper roll, just like this, and you cut a slot in the top, and you add some thumbtacks on the bottom so it will stand up. And let's see if we can demonstrate right here. Now that's my microphone picking that up some, but when you put it in, it gets louder. You're going to have to trust me on that. And you can stand it up right like that, walk around. But now you can use the toilet paper one if you want, but if you just use a glass or a mug, porcelain glass or a glass glass, it works even better, in my opinion. I'm going to shut off Oceans, which is Dale's favorite song. It's not. You might might have guessed from the laughter. But here's the other thing. If you are a person that oversleeps and you hit the snooze several times and you're worried about sleeping through something important because you hit the snooze you set your alarm you put this in a cup and you're probably not going to be able to hit the snooze and the alarm is going to be louder those are life hacks another one that my dad taught me let's see if it's still there it is is if you like me when you hammer things you're worried about hitting your thumb Here is a simple way to deal with that you take some pliers and you take a nail and you put it between the pliers and even my thumb is far enough away that I won't hit it those are some life hacks and uh, a life hack is just a simple brilliant ridiculous or fun solution for dealing with life's challenges And maybe you have some you use every day that make your life easier. Maybe you have some that really help you simplify your life. So what if there were some life hacks that would help you spiritually or help you in your relationships? What if there were some simple, brilliant solutions for dealing with the things that hold you back in your relationship with Jesus. What if doing one simple thing could change everything for you? What if doing one simple thing could change everything for you? And I think there are some spiritual life hacks. And in this series, we will explore those spiritual life hacks that can change your relationship with Jesus forever. In each message, we're going to focus just on a short passage of Scripture, often one verse or two verses that will give us some spiritual life hacks and i hope you'll be here every weekend for this series because i really do think that what we are teaching for the next six weekends could change everything for you spiritually and in your relationships and so we're going to start by showing you a life hack for how to get unstuck spiritually how to get unstuck spiritually have you ever felt stuck spiritually? I have. There have been times when I felt like no prayer I prayed ever went beyond the ceiling. And times when uh, I wasn't enjoying my relationship with God, when it seemed like God was pretty distant. And during those times, I may have gone to church, I may have done Christian things, but it was more out of habit. It was more out of expectation than anything else. And during those times, I could remember times when I was doing great spiritually. Times I was growing stronger as a Christ follower, when I was excited about my faith and God was answering my prayers. I could remember during those times when my faith was a a daily thing, a powerful thing. But during those times, I just felt stuck. I felt like I wasn't growing, and I struggled with more doubt. I struggled with more sin and more frustration with other people during those times. And during those times, I was in a holding pattern. I was just spiritually stuck. Have you ever been there? Maybe you're there now. If you were honest, you would have to admit that... Um, sometimes you might only be here out of habit or to see your friends. You might have to acknowledge to yourself that right now you're spiritually stuck. But it's a little hard to define what that means. So I put together a, a quick list of 10 signs that you might be spiritually stuck. Do a quick evaluation as we go through these. Count how many of these are true in your spiritual life right now. Here's the first one. You feel farther from God than you did last year. The second one. You make excuses instead of making a difference. Three. You think the lines separating right and wrong are blurry. Four. You have slipped back into that sin habit that you thought that you had overcome. Five, lately there seems to be more good reasons to miss weekend services or growth group. Six, you have more criticism of your church and her leaders than you did last year. Seven, sometimes you feel like you're just going through the motions in your Christian life. Eight, you worry more about what others might think of you than where they might end up for eternity. Number nine, you get irritated when you're asked to volunteer or to give. And then number 10, when asked, How is God working in your life right now? you wonder if He is. You wonder if He is. So how'd you do? I think if one of those is true of you, it probably needs to be fixed. If two are true, I think you're heading towards real problems spiritually. But if three or more are true of you, you're probably stuck spiritually. You're probably stuck. You're probably already in a spiritual dry spell and you're probably already experiencing real spiritual problems in your life. So if that describes you uh, right now, or when it describes you in the future, what do you do? How do you get unstuck spiritually? Well, let me use one of my favorite passages of Scripture to answer that question. We find it in Philippians chapter 3, and we'll start with verse 13. The author says this, Brothers and sisters, I know that I still have a long way to go, but there is one thing I do. I forget what is in the past and try hard, as hard as I can, to reach the goal before me. I keep running hard towards the finish line to get the prize that is mine because God has called me through Christ Jesus to life up there in heaven. Let me spend the rest of our time unpacking those verses to show you the life hack for getting unstuck spiritually. First, identify your one thing. Identify your one thing. Look again at the first part of verse 13. It says, brothers and sisters, I know that I still have a long way to go, but there is one thing I do. There's one thing I do. And I might be stretching this a little, but Paul says there's one thing that he does. He focuses on one thing. And only a few people can do more than one thing at a time, especially us men. Studies show that women are better at multitasking than we men are. One of my friends said his wife was better at multitasking because she was also better at multiple personalities. (laughs) Um, But when we make those jokes, it's because we're jealous that You ladies are so good at multitasking. Most of us do better when we're focused on just one thing. Most people never become proficient at more than one trade or occupation. People who claim to be a jack of all trades are usually only master of one and sometimes master of none. Did you know the human mind only thinks one line of thought at a time? And by the time a person reaches their mid-teens, they are usually settled in one pattern of lifestyle. Ideally, we get on track. Ideally, by our mid-teens, we focus and we achieve more. But that's the simple like hack for today. Figure out your one thing. Figure out your one thing and focus on it. Too often, we're trying to multitask spiritually, I mean, we're trying to get better at reading the Bible and better at praying more, and we want to overcome that sin habit. We want God to help us learn to share our faith, and we want to figure out how to forgive. And pretty soon, our mind is just spinning with all of the things that we need to do spiritually, and we aren't doing anything very well. And we get frustrated, and we quit, and we get upset because of all of the expectations. And Paul said, I know I have a long way to go, but there's one thing I do. There's one thing I do, so let me ask you, what's your one thing? What's your one thing? What is the one thing that you need to focus on that will help you move ahead spiritually what is the one area of your life that's getting in the way of you becoming the person that god wants you to be what is the one thing god keeps nudging you to fix or to step out and do for him that you haven't done yet what is your one thing what's your one thing for some of you that one thing would be to give your heart and life to jesus to cross the line of faith, to commit yourself fully to him by being baptized, pledging pledging your total allegiance to Jesus. Some of you have done that. But your one thing may be to get into a growth group so that you can do life with other people who are also trying to live for Jesus. For some, it's finding your place to serve Jesus and to be the difference on a regular basis. Your one thing may be to forgive someone who hurt you or to ask someone to forgive you who you hurt. It might be getting the help that you need to break that habit or that addiction that's holding you back. Your one thing might be obeying God on how you're using your money. God may be asking you to quit going into debt or he may be asking you to start giving as... uh, scripture teaches or one thing your one thing might be about your time he wants you to slow down the family schedule so that you can enjoy each other more and focus on God more for some your one thing may be to fix your marriage you know things aren't good and you need to finally make that appointment with a counselor and get the help that you need your one thing might be different than mine and that's okay, but what is your one thing? What is the one thing that you need to focus on so that you can move forward spiritually? It might be a huge thing, or it might be a small thing, but there is something. There's something, and don't miss this. Your one thing is your next step spiritually. Your one thing is your next step spiritually. Each of us has a next step spiritually. And when we don't figure out what our next step is, we refuse to take the next step sometimes or we don't figure it out. And when that happens, we get stuck spiritually. The Christian life is a journey and each of us has a next step. And if God wants you to walk with him every day and you're walking with him every day and you just stop and you refuse to take The next step and life goes on around you and you fall behind you don't move we call that getting stuck we call that getting stuck and this really is a life hack figure out identify what your one thing is what is your next step and if you know what that one thing is You can move ahead spiritually, so figure out your one thing. Identify your one thing. Then use this process to do your one thing. Here's a process for doing it. Identify your one thing. The first part of the process, according to the verses, is forget the past. Forget the past. Look back at verse 13, and we'll read what we read, and we'll go ahead just a little bit. Brothers and sisters, I know that I still have a long way to go, but there is one thing I do. I forget what is in the past. I forget what is in the past. Our lives are a series of events, and some of those events are painful, and others are pleasant, and some are ordinary, and some are extraordinary. But whether the events are good or bad, they eventually become part of what we call the past, And how we respond to past events in our life is really significant in whether we move forward spiritually Paul says it's important to forget the past and if you're going to focus on your one thing if you're going to take your next step spiritually you need to forget the past now why is that so important why is that the first step in the process of achieving that one thing well let me point out the problem with the past The first problem is the past will give you a false sense of success. The past will give you sometimes a false sense of success. Too often we look back at our past and we see where we have really done well and we feel that we have already arrived. I've seen people dwell on their past successes in their job or in their marriage or in overcoming an addiction. And they have done well in the past and as a result they kind of coast through life. And they overlook some of the problems that are there right now. And this is especially dangerous when it happens to us spiritually. People look back and they see how Jesus changed their lives when they first became a follower of Christ. And they see how they spent time studying the Bible and overcoming sin habits and trying to live for Jesus. And they were really close to Jesus there and they know how far that they have come. And they remember with fondness a camp or a retreat or a conference uh, or their first church or their first pastor and they see themselves as so much better than they used to be and so much more godly than they used to be but they've been coasting spiritually for years God wants to do some great things in their life he wants to help them overcome some things that are holding them back right now and they're so busy feeling spiritual that they don't let God work in their life right now And so the past can give us this false sense of success, but the past will also give us a false sense of hopelessness. A false sense of hopelessness. We try try hard to do the right thing spiritually, and it just seems to backfire on us. I mean, we try to follow God fully and spend time reading the Bible and praying every day, and we miss so many days, we begin to believe we just can't succeed. It's just hopeless. We try to use Jesus' guidelines to fix a problem with somebody, and they refuse to forgive. Or we try a growth group, and the people just seem too different from us and, uh, to really make it work. And we trust God, and we pray for his help, but the answer that we get isn't the answer that we had hoped for. And all of these things can give us uh, the feeling that it's just really hopeless to focus on our next step because we'll probably fail at it anyway. We think that it's just hopeless because we'll fail anyway and we allow the discouragement of the past to give us the false feeling that we can never grow spiritually, that we are not cut out to be in a growth group or other people who claim to follow Jesus are just hypocrites and that, that it's hopeless to even try to take the next step. It's just hopeless and we respond to those past experiences by saying, you know, I quit. I'm not gonna pray anymore because it hurts when God says no. And I'm not gonna let anyone get close to me because it just hurts so much when they disappoint me. And some have been hurt by a church and have decided, you know, I'm never going to join a church or serve a church again because I don't ever wanna experience that kind of pain again. And I want you to know, if you feel that way, I understand. I have felt that way. I've thought about quitting as a result of past experiences, but I'm wise enough to know that isolating myself, wallowing in bitterness for years and refusing to take my next step with Jesus just means I get stuck. It just means that I don't allow God to bring the healing and the growth into my life that He wants to bring into my life. And so the past gives us this false sense of success, and it gives us this false sense of hopelessness, which is why Paul says we need to forget the past. We need to forget the past. Sure, there are times when we need to understand the past so we can learn from it and move on. Sometimes we need counseling or a support group like Revolution, our Celebrate Recovery ministry, to help us with this. But the point even then is to deal with the past so we can... Forget the past. So Paul says to focus on one thing that uh, the first step we need to do is we need to forget the past, but we also need to pursue the win. We need to pursue the win. Look back at verses 13 and 14. Brothers and sisters, I know that I still have a long way to go, but there is one thing I do. I forget what is in the past, and I try as hard as I can to reach the goal before me i keep running hard towards the finish line to get the prize that is mine because god has called me through christ jesus to life up there in heaven now the olympics are underway right now and i don't know a whole lot about the athletes that are going there i'm not really following it but i do know one thing not one not one of the athletes in rio right now went there With the hope of winning the silver or the bronze. Not one of them went there saying, You know what, I really hope, I really hope I can be an honorable mention. They didn't hope that at all. Now, several will come home with the silver medal, and several will come home with the bronze medals, and that will be something to be really proud of. I mean, I wouldn't come home with the tin medal in any sport. But they didn't go there hoping for silver and bronze medal, they're competing for the gold. They're competing for the gold, they're pursuing the win. And isn't that what we expect of our sports teams? I mean, isn't that what we expect of the Steelers and the Pirates and the Pens? I mean, we don't want to sit around after the game saying, wow, they put up a good fight. You know, they kept that score really close. They didn't embarrass themselves too much. No, that's not what we want. We want them to pursue the win. We want them to win. When I went to Bible college, I remember that I decided that if God had called me to spend the rest of my life speaking about Jesus and speaking about the word of God, I wasn't just going to do that. I was going to be good at it. I was going to figure out how to do that well, how to do it well. So why does it seem like so many followers of Jesus are content just letting their spiritual life happen to them? Why are so many satisfied sitting on the sidelines? Why are so many satisfied with an honorable mention when they get to heaven instead of really pursuing the win and going for God's gold? And here's the cool thing. None of us has to go home with the silver or the bronze. Each of us can win the gold. We can win the gold just by taking the next step, just by walking with Jesus and obeying Jesus and pursuing the win that he has for you and the win that he has for me. Each of us can win. Each of us can win. So how can we pursue the win? The passage kind of spells this out too. So first, we need to focus on the goal. Focus on the goal. The passage indicates Paul is reaching for the goal. He keeps his eye on it. It, He doesn't let anything distract him from what God wants him to do. And that's what we see Olympic runners do. They will put their eye on the finish line and they don't change their focus. They don't let anything take their focus off of that until they get there. And there's power in focus when you know uh, what your one thing is, your next step uh, and is, then you just need to focus on making that goal a reality in your life. You keep it in front of you. You concentrate on what it is you know God wants you to do. You focus on it, but then you chase after it. You chase after it. If the runner of a race stares at the finish line and he focuses really well at the finish line but when the starting pistol sounds he stays in the block staring at the finish line she won't win he won't win the same is true for you if you know what your next step is uh, and if you know what it is and you don't get out of the blocks, you're gonna fail. I mean, if you know your next step is becoming a member of impact but you never sign up for starting point, you will never achieve your goal. If your next step is a growth group and you never get a list of growth groups and actually go to one, you won't win the prize. You have to focus on the goal but you also have to chase after it. And many goals aren't short goals. They're long-term goals. I mean, it involves a long run or months of overcoming a sin habit or a past hurt. And when the goal is a hard one to achieve, you have to chase after it just for a longer period of time. Just for a longer period of time. Some of the next steps God asks us to take might be more like a marathon, but we still have to chase after the goal. Lastly... Don't stop until you succeed. Don't stop until you succeed. Paul says, I keep running hard towards the finish line to get the prize that is mine. Sometimes we run hard, but then we give up and quit. I mean, we try a growth group and we don't really connect with the people in that group or they're not real friendly to us and uh, so we quit or we miss three days of our 365 day Bible reading plan and we say, wow, I've missed three days. I am too far behind, so we quit. Or we have a bad day, and we cheat on our diet, and we think, well, I might as well give up. But Paul says, don't stop until you succeed. Don't quit running until you win. And notice what he says. He says the prize is his. Did you catch that? He says the prize is mine. That's not him being an arrogant athlete. That's him understanding God's promises. You need to know that too. You need to figure out what your one thing is. Identify your one thing. And uh, if that's the next step God has for you, the prize is yours. The prize is yours. God wants you to win. He will help you win. He will give you strength. He will give you victory. So don't give up. Don't quit. Don't stop until you succeed. So... Our life hack is to figure out our one thing. The next step that God has for us. And to do that, we forget the past. We pursue the win. And when we win, when we achieve that, when we cross that finish line, when we grab hold of that prize and achieve that goal, what do we do? What do we do at that point? Well, when you cross the finish line and achieve the goal, then repeat the process. Repeat the process. Until the day that God takes you to heaven and you get that ultimate prize, he has a next step for you. No matter what stage of life you're at, no matter whether you're young in your faith or mature in your faith, no matter whether you're young in years or... um, um, experienced in years, God has a next step for you, and he wants you to focus on that one thing so that you will grow spiritually. So don't, So you go back to the start, and you uh, identify that one thing again, and then you forget the past as it relates to that, and you pursue the win. And this life hack really is a lifelong process that will keep you growing spiritually and help you to not ever get stuck if you will do this one simple thing identify your one thing constantly know what your next step is and let god give you the win through that i almost stopped there and then i read a little further in philippians chapter 3 i like the message paraphrase here's what it says So let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us, if any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see uh, it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. Don't you like that? Don't you want everything God has for you? Don't you want every blessing God has for you? If God wants to take away that anxiety that weighs you down every time you see that person that hurt your feeling, don't you want that? Don't you want that peace that goes beyond anything you can understand? Don't you want that? Don't you want to trust God fully knowing that he is going to fulfill his promises? Don't you want that? Don't you want everything God has for you? If you want everything God has for you, identify the one thing and go after it. Don't get stuck spiritually. And I guess I should warn you, we don't really get stuck spiritually. You see, we either move forward and grow or we slide back. We either get stronger in our faith or we get progressively weaker in our faith. We get challenged and stretched by God, or we get complacent and negative and critical. Identify the one thing. Get the past. Pursue the win. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, forgive us for the times when we have traded what you want for us for lesser things when we have allowed our emotions and our feelings and confusion to keep us from pursuing the one thing you want from us. And now, Father, we just ask that you will help us. Father, I pray for those that are discouraged spiritually. Would you help them, Father, to see their next step, to forget the past hurts, to pursue the win. And, Father, when we have the victory, when we have the prize that you have laid out before us, We will fall at your feet thanking you and praising you because we know without you we can do nothing. In Jesus' name, amen.